Hello, I'm Dan Doolan. I'm Chris Billigan, who I caught unsuspecting while in mid-drink with the start mm. of this podcast, and join us mm-hmm. as we venture into the unknown and overanalyze the garden wall. Welcome, 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 and Chris, how's that drink working out for you? Mm, it's good. It's just, <laughs> it's just water. Just a little bit of, little bit of water. It's good. Uh, I'm uh. enjoying it. I've got I've got two drinks, which is, I do I, I do I do this every time. I start with two drinks, and I only ever finish one of them. It's utterly yeah, and I pointless. bet you finish that one quite quickly as well. No, I don't actually. No, I usually it's one slowly throughout the whole podcast. The second one is like in case I suddenly get an urge to drink a lot, and then I've at least got the other one to sup on. Like that's weird. I don't know so why I do that. It's very strange. Are they both water? What's your no? What's I've, your got, um, I've got I've uh, got Vimto, and I've got a cup of tea. That's um, not fizzy vimto, is it? Uh, no, that is the vimto. yeah, the squash vimto. For for American listeners, I guess you'd call that a cordial. No, do they call it that? Yeah, they don't have vimto in America, yeah. so I don't yeah. know if they'll understand what that is. But a cup of tea, that 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 that's universal. I have tea, and then like a like a like a squash. I feel like I will I will rarely turn down a cup of tea, but I will equally rarely never make a cup of tea. So I would never. I've I've rarely done a podcast with a tea. I don't. I don't. You, I don't, I don't remember make... the last. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I didn't start the pod. Like my my prep for this is get the mic ready, make a cup of tea. <laughs> there have yeah. been times when you've been waiting to record and you've been like ready, and I'm like one minute, and it's because I'm waiting for the kettle to boil. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I think you make you actively make tea. What's the latest you'll have a cup of tea? Um, I, I don't have a limit on that. I'll have tea right before. Right, I'll, sometimes I'll go to bed with a cup of tea. What about your teeth cleaning? Yeah, it's like one cup of tea. It's not. It's, it's leaves it's in madness. water, isn't it? It's not. It's, it's not. Madness. It's not the most. Har- it's not. That's not the most harmful thing I've drunk all day. Do you know what I mean? Like, like in a world where like you could, you know, like Coke exists, or even Vimto is probably not great for my teeth. I think a cup of tea's fine. I just think of I. Uh... Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm not. I'm not drinking the tea straight. I'm not drinking the tea straight after I brush my teeth. Keep in mind, I'm taking the cup of tea with me to bed. Maybe I'll read for a minute or look at my phone or whatever, and then I'll drink the tea once the end of time has passed. Jess takes Jess takes squash to bed. I just don't. I don't get it. Personally. Yeah, I. I, I so. sometimes, if occasionally, I'll. I'll be honest with you. More nights than not, I'll bring a Vimto to bed. If I wake up in the night and I'm thirsty and it's not finished, it's there it's on the bedside table. With water. You, that's, what, that's what you got water for. It's less. Less clashing with the with the cleaning and the mintiness of the teeth. I guess. Anyway, sum sum up the episode, my friend. Yes, let's get to the actual episode. Um, so this episode is called "The Ringing of the Bell," um, and it is, of course, the Anti Whispers episode, which Anti Whispers, of course, voiced by Tim Curry. Um, surprisingly, so we'll start. Uh, the episode starts with Beatrice um, uh, looking around the what seems to be. Uh, Adelaide's sort of hovel we'll call it a hovel, I have not thought of a better word for it um, she can't find whatever she's looking for, presumably the scissors then we cut to the two boys they are moving forward Wurt's claiming he's got a plan he kind of probably doesn't because as Greg correctly points out no details have been forthcoming the plan seems kind of vague but it's raining and all they want to do is get off uh, out of the road and into some shelter um, at that point a tree gets knocked down in front of them um, and our good friend, the woodsman's back. He gives them another dire warning of the beast, which we'll get to. Um, then he has a. Then they leave. They well, they escape um, because they still think he's bad news. And then he has another conversation with the beast. They reach um, a place 
where they can get shelter, um, where they meet Lorna, who is seems sweet and nice, but is some, somehow sort of subservient to this anti-Whispers character who talks of people being eaten within their home um and it's all very creepy and we think you, you're meant to think anti whispers is is bad news and eats people and all that stuff and she has this bell that seems to control lorna what we eventually reveal though is that actually anti whispers is using the bell to control lorna because lorna is uh capable of eating people um we learn this far too late and there's a bit of a bit of a tussle and in the end they realize that they can use the bell to that controls her to actually ward the spirit out of her completely thus saving her and we reveal that anti whispers is actually the sister of adelaide um and then the two boys are on their merry way relatively mm. succinct summary i feel yeah i think so i've got i've got two big overarching things the first one let me just nip to my phone dan you know how i you you occasionally send me something Yes. I'm going I'm to send you something. Oh, what? Game changer. For those who don't know, on our other podcast, Steven, it's happened once, maybe twice on this podcast, but on our other podcast, Steven University, I'm often sending Chris screen grabs of things that he so he can sort of see a thing I'm sort of pointing out. Um, but this means Chris has noticed something. Mm. Right, what's... So he sent me a picture of anti-whispers. Yeah. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to. I don't want to bring down the tone. But she's got a cock on her nose. It's a cock nose, Dan. Her <laughs> nose looks like a penis. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, we've earned um, our explicit rating tag early this week. But you are absolutely spot on. That is incredible. I, I mean, that is the most phallic nose I think I've seen. It's it's. it's, it's <laughs> I mean, sometimes I know. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a lot of opinions. Because uh, I was mainly looking at her nose. Um, the no, it wasn't really, but it was. I did find it distracting. Whenever the nostrils appear, whenever her nose or her face is particularly expressive or flared, and there's nostrils, looks less like a penis. But static nose, yeah. that's a penis. Yeah. No, I. I in my yeah. humble opinion. Yeah, I'll I'll put that image in the video version of this as we're discussing it. Um, a little bit of extra editing, she... but worth worth it to clarify. I'll use the, ex- the pretty much the image you've sent me there. I'll I'll take it as a screenshot, but yeah. Um... <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not so... wrong. You're not wrong. I, I'll, I'll I take your point. <laughs> yeah, so that's my my first thought. Right. My... So so opinions of the content of the episode. <laughs> um, but this is I, I enjoy, well quick summer. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought there was again a good mix of of, of meat as we've been referring to it. Yeah. Um, meaning and a, you know, and a bit of potatoes stuff. and a bit of potatoes as well. Um, mm-hmm. and so I really enjoyed it. I did one kind of my my big thought to analyze, mm-hmm. if you will, is I feel like they with Wirt have been playing this thread throughout of. Um, Greg being annoying and being this irritating younger brother. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they've not necessarily... Uh, whilst Greg is a bit playful, he's quite funny. I feel like they've not, you know, like this week when um, she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, we're robbing you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're burglars. That's my so favourite joke. He's, yeah, it's quite funny and sweet. Uh, I feel like they've not done much. I feel like it's been unfair of what. Right. Until this week, when they made Greg really annoying. Like, Greg was actively cocking things up this... Well, no, the nose was actively cocking things up. But <laughs> Greg... 
Greg was actively messing things up from yes. when they came in and he's like Robin and then he's talking about the tur you know, and he Wirt has to wrestle him to shut him up to the end where he's just like, You haven't got a pay like, I legitimately found Greg annoying and I was kinda like, Oh, are we are we meant to have found him more annoying than I have found him? Are we meant to have all along been going, Yeah, I I get I get Wirt's um words you know issue interesting um yeah i don't i don't agree particularly i found him just as sort of i found him exactly at the same level for this episode of like mm. I, I i he's definitely a hindrance but he was a hindrance he's been a hindrance in 90 percent of the episodes he, he pretty, wasn't he the reason they got caught by the frogs in lullabies frogland like last last week's episode wasn't he the reason that the um wasn't he the reason they were in trouble in the first episode when he accidentally knocked out the woodsman and the beast was... Oh, not the beast, but the monster of that but, week was... But like, accidentally, accidentally... Well, not even accidentally. No, he, I say accidentally. Is he thought the plan was to knock out the woodsman, if you remember rightly. So the premise of that one is Miss- their plan is to knock out the woodsman and then the, this monster shows up and he he just reverts to the original plan and knocks out the one person trying to defend them. Is like, oops. And then the reason the thing is chasing them is because he keeps dropping sweets. I don't know. All of those things just seem, uh, you know, to be misunderstandings to me. This seemed like active sabotage <laughs> this week, more so than usual. I kind of agree. I kind of agree on the burglars front, but I just that's just so funny that I get, it gets away with it. But all the other stuff is kind of accidental. Like the he goes upstairs because the frog goes upstairs. He's chasing the frog. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just found him. I found, I personally found him more noticeably. Well, what, wait, what were your what were your other examples out of curiosity? So, so the burglar thing, which I can totally see, that is very actively hurting their situation, not helping it because they obviously want shelter. And he's like, "We're burgling you, ha <laughs> ha!" You know, which is I get that. Like that one, I think is valid. I I, I personally didn't feel it because no, I but found he it. then he. He then is his. He then kept going. Oh yeah, he, he doubles going. down on it. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's why that joke is so funny. Like to me, like, that's that's what I found amusing. So, but so there's that one I agree with. I think you're absolutely. I think you're valid in that. In that, I, it doesn't. It didn't work that way for me, but I totally sense it. The uh, the the waking up anti whispers thing. The frog escapes. He's just following the frog. That's very innocent, childlike, unintentional. What were the other examples of where he was causing them? trouble well, I, without having the episode in front of me i can't remember exactly but it just felt like he was answering him back more this week and that he was being more like oh you don't have a f- uh, plan um and like dismissing a lot of what he was saying or not particularly well, listening that's, that's he, didn't, you know, how he doesn't to me. actively to... point out he doesn't have a plan he simply observes that you've not really given me a lot of details of this plan yet yeah it's annoying <laughs> And I love there's a great just... joke early on when he says, like, he says something about, um, let me see if I got the quote here. Uh, okay, so, what, so what's the plan? Because you're not saying any more details, so it's hard for me. Greg, I do have a plan. And if you trust me, then you don't have to, uh, and if you don't trust me, you don't have to follow me, okay? If you want to go look for uh, for Beatrice, Beatrice, yeah, I did it right. Go ahead. You can, you can do anything you want. Anything? That's a lot of power. And then the tree falls down and he goes, did I knock that tree down with my powers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that stuff is, is you know, it, it's funny. Like the, the tree coming down, um, telling him to follow Beatrice. Um, Beatrice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but if it's, if it's Beatrice, Dan, why have you been saying Beatrice for six weeks? Well, I've been saying it on and off. Depends on the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I um, think, you know, what but, kind of person would do a podcast when they can't pronounce names? That's all I'm saying. Lunatic. Um, the, the, so he's not questioning the plan. He's, he just wants details. He just wants to know what the plan is. He's, he's blindly trusting his brother, mostly. He's just like, I'm sure you've got one, so what is it? Like, just I, I'd like to know. Um, you know, and then... Yeah, I've yeah. Hold my hands up. Maybe it's me, but I just I personally, and maybe it's you know, there's the references last week to him being annoying and stuff. It's just something I, I felt this week. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Um, I thought that. No, I did like the twist. I did like the twist that actually the person we thought was the good guy had the evil spirit. I did like that. It's a little bit, if I had kind of paused the episode to think about it, it's a bit, how could they actually not be in... Well, I suppose it's the opposite twist they, they've been doing. They think they're safe and they are in danger, as opposed yes. to thinking they're in danger and they they are safe. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, right. So I liked that. There's an element with the resolution of, why didn't Auntie Whispers <laughs> think of that? Um, but, you know, I suppose... Yeah, because that was my first thought. I was well, like, why don't they just command it to leave? <laughs> yeah, that that is the big flaw of this episode, which is that if anti I mean, Anti Whispers has clearly had access to this bell for quite some time and has been using it. The, the fact she never thought to say, spirit, leave, and ring the bell, like, seems... Yeah. It, the fact it took Greg to think of that is <laughs> surprising. But that's the other thing I like about this episode, actually. I really like that Greg is the solution. I like that Greg is the one who realises... The, the, where the bell is and tries to use it that mm. way he phrases it awkwardly and that's when work takes control but he it is his it's his idea to you know ward ward her off with the with the bell yeah and i mean in in work's defense he wouldn't have known that the frog ate the bell no no of course not no no but, that, but that's what i'm saying so like i just like that that's this part of the solution this week is that greg mm. helped like i like that greg was not passive this week he was an active mm. an active part of the of the the uh action as it were mm. what did you think to the fact that they were seemingly setting it up like wert and the the woman was that what was her name uh lorna the girl lorna lorna what um? What did you think of the fact that they were setting that up like they were gonna go go off together and never sort of? I quite liked that notion because I'm a big softy, but also because it's like, oh, it, you know, he he's um he's struggling with this crush that he has. Maybe he's maybe yeah. this is another girl that he might fall for instead. And then that sort of he does. She doesn't even say it to him really. She just says to Auntie Whispers, "Oh no, I'll never leave you." And kind of work just has to kind of accept. What did you What did you think of that element? I thought it was nice because it wasn't really played as like a full on. It was just like a you know like a tiny childhood, the start of the crush maybe developing. Hmm. Not too serious. Not you know what I mean. Like it's not like he's hmm. gonna. I didn't get the impression he'd be leaving there. You know, spinning a tale of whoa, like we saw him at the start of this show in general. And I don't think he'll be mm. telling stories of her to um, Beatrice, you know, later on about like how his, you know, how his heart was broken or whatever. I just felt like it was just nice to think, cause it's, you know, kids, you know, it's when you're, when you're young and you're like, it, it, it can be like that. You know, you, 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 you think you see love everywhere sometimes when you're that age and your hormones are going nuts. So I, I totally I think, I think I've made it very clear down that I thought I was in love with the same girl for like seven years. So yeah, well, there you go. I got their. I got for anyone wondering. I got their their little boy a toy that you put. It's a dog on a skateboard, and you press the button, and it scoots off. 
It was shit. I shouldn't be allowed to shop on my own. But there we go. <coughs> All good. Yep. <laughs> Well, let's, um, let's, I mean, but in terms of that, so I, I think that, what, I mean, how did that work for you? Because so, you bringing it up makes me, makes me think maybe you weren't as fond of that idea. Um, no, 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 not particularly. Um, I thought it was quite a quick resolution to something they were setting up. But this episode probably, I think, like, does more and has more threads running through it than, than other episodes of this show has. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I was just, I wouldn't surprise me if someone did think that. I could understand someone feeling that way about it. Hmm. Yeah, I did. So with the quickly going back to the uh, the twist. They actually watching it back, knowing the twist. It's extremely clear that from the off that Lorna's the problem in in anti whispers phrasing, but it's weird because it sort of shows you your sort of like logical bias. Like because I I didn't see that coming when I watched it originally, but when no, I watched no, it no. back this time, no, I didn't. It's so clear. She literally says. Child, keeping you busy is the only way to keep the evil spirits from driving you to wickedness. Auntie Whispers says that to Lorna in the first interaction they have with each other before she goes up to the Yeah, but that that comes across as a paranoid guardian. Like Oh sure, but like that is that could not be clearer in the light of what you know. And what's that's what I love about this episode is that like I think part of that is you're right. Like you just you you can explain it away, but the reason you jump to that conclusion before you'd ever jump to the reality is because I think there is like a in your head there's a bias. There's this there's the anti whispers is not designed like a person. That she's she's some sort of witchy creature. You know she's cloaked. She's as Chris has pointed out got a penis mm. on her face, which I'm never gonna unsee. Um, you know, show, the, the, show Nadia. Yeah. A, oh yeah, well, um, uh, you know, like big eyes. Like, uh, you know, like just a very, very unusual, very inhuman character design. And that and her way of talking and moving has all got a sinister vibe to it visually. And it's interesting because I think in a weird way, it just shows you that you sort of like you do just judge. You go, well, you know, this 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 sort of like normal looking girl. She's clearly, you know, the victim here. And this this sort of weird, sinister you know, thing that calls her auntie, makes her call her auntie, even though she's not actually her auntie, who's, you know, controlling her, clearly, like, evil, you know. Like, you just make those, you just assume that immediately. Like, it's just, I don't know if it's to do with the language of television, mm. that you're often taught to immediately recognise the good guys and the bad guys, because that makes it easier for a writer. If the writer doesn't have to actually do anything to establish that, other than make them seem sinister, then you can play with that, you know, and you can... Yeah, or, some- making, or making them an auntie. <laughs> Like yeah, that in itself, I think it's kind of that sort of wicked stepmother, evil auntie vibe. Yeah, hundred percent. And I and it, it, it and it totally, especially that she makes her like clean and it, yeah. There's a Cinderella element to that, isn't there? You know, where it's like you know, clean the floor until it shines or whatever she said. You know, she was and the idea that she just and, and Lorna says it. You know, oh well, I do this task until it's done, and by the time this is done, she'll have more tasks for me. And it's like, oh my god, this poor girl is like some crazy slave. And there's a funny, the funny thing about that is it's almost at what Adelaide wanted in reverse. Mm. Adelaide wanted slaves because she was lazy. Anti whispers was keeping her distracted because if she doesn't keep her distracted, clearly, and this is the really crazy part of this episode is Lorna is killing people. Mm. like they confirm that she says um on multiple occasions things that indicate people have died 
She at one point she asks her to go arrange the bones in the basement. Jeez, I've, I've got the quote here. Let me see why, if I can find it. Um, why did she not think of banishing the spirit earlier? <laughs> yeah, you shall sort the bones of those who have been eaten here before. How dark is that? Jeez. Yeah, Lorna has been eating humans. It's so <laughs> that's insane, and yeah, and I think you nailed it. Like this one's the opposite of everything else. When like when every time they've thought they've been in danger, there's been no danger to be had at all. It's been all fictional. It's been all in their heads. This time they came in, they thought they were relatively safe. Lorna seemed nice and innocent, and yet they were in so much danger because she literally eats people. <laughs> And that seems weird, like, it's, like, and I'm just, you know, we will overanalyze it in a minute, but, like, the the warning, like, once you destroy, once, you know, essentially saying once your hope is lost, you're, you're trapped yeah. and stuff, Welcome all of, everything so far has pointed to a world where you, you're, you are your own worst enemy. <laughs> it, it's, it's jarring to me not necessarily in a bad way but it's jarring to me for there to be a a monster of the week essentially yes so i uh, find that odd i find that sort of juxtaposes with the rules i'm i've begun to form for myself of the world in my head but do you not think that like this whole episode was kind of about subverting expectations so if you're going to do an episode with that as a theme subverting the expectations of the show is kind of fine mm. as a one-off like yeah oh yeah that's very effective for that reason yeah because i think what they've done they've created a false sense of security that mm. they've then that they've then challenged you on if that makes sense mm, definitely and so, i kind of i think you know it's the most i probably enjoyed it more to be honest with you than the last like two or so so yeah mm. um so oh, I've seen... I'd, I'd say it's legitimately been one of my favorite episodes. I think because so yeah, much it's, happened, it's one of mine. I found too. it quite captivating. Yeah, no, it's absolutely it's one of my favorites too. Now, um, if you have you have you got your phone handy? Only to send pictures of cocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to clarify, um, uh, I mean, no, he has. He sent me pictures of cocks. I mean, that's literally what that is. I mean, I, can't, I was going to say like not real ones, obviously, just for the clarification. He means the yeah. I'm not. I'm thing. not. I'm. I'm not a dick pic guy. I think that is an atrocious thing to do to someone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, uh, on, on our new recurring segment, this shit has shown up in the opening of the first episode previously. I sent you three images that we've not yet discussed. These are all from the opening thirty seconds of the show. Um, I accidentally sent you one of them twice. My apologies. One of them. Uh, can you see them? Are they in front of you? Uh, yeah, but I'm not by the mic. That's okay. So one of them is anti whispers, um, making a quilt. Not anti whispers. Sorry, Adelaide making a quilt and cutting thread with the bird shaped scissors from the previous episode. Um, that was in the very first montage of the show. Uh, another one is. Um, what can only be described as uh, Quincy Endicott looking at the photo with the shadow passing him of the uh, of what we now know to be the the other lady that made tea, uh, the Lady Grey, and then the third one is um, somebody organising bones, who looks suspiciously like Lorna. <laughs> that third one is the the most creepy. <laughs> Lorna in the bone dungeon. Yeah, that's a that's creepy. And to think you saw that in the first. 20 seconds of the show but you were so yeah, ang- you were cool. so angry at the, the singing frog you didn't notice 
<laughs> I do like that. Like, it's cool. It's awesome. But I do... <laughs> I don't know. Like, sometimes the enthusiasm with which you talk about them hinting at things and putting those, you know, those images in there, it's... It's it's not been seven seasons long. Like it's, it's ten episodes. Like I'm not surprised they were able to plan and plant shit in there early. It's still wicked. It's still awesome. But I just I just like, love. Whoa, the, man! I, I love. They the knew what they were gonna do in episode seven on episode <laughs> one. No, that's not no. That's not what whoa. I'm saying. No, no, no. You you are you are very much misinterpreting what my, my what Ted, I like about it. It was a, d- a Ted was always choice. gonna be with Robin. There's yeah. a trombone. It's blue. You are yeah, mi- you are misunderstanding the source of my excitement for this. I think it's nothing to do with oh the planning. It's to do with the stories were literally placed in front of us in what seemed like a seemingly random series of shots to just establish tone. Kids putting a boat in a in the water. A lady in a weird, creepy dungeon. Somebody doing some mm. sewing. It all just seemed like atmosphere building. So it's not that they put hints in. It's cool that they didn't just do atmosphere building. They put a hint for every single one of their episodes in one tiny montage right at the beginning. It does make me want to go and watch that montage again, but I know you've said not to. I do, well, I just think if you see it again now, knowing that you may you may see stuff. And nah, actually, I don't know what you'd get out of them from the last few episodes. I don't think there's much. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. Is it two? Is that episode eight or episode seven? That was seven. So we got three left. We got three more, yeah, yeah, eight, nine, and ten. Um, so yeah, so so I just I really like that, and I particularly though I find that image of Lorna within the Bone Dungeon haunting as hell. That's creepy. Yeah, it's creepy as anything from the little prologue. She, it's the do. way she's like ordered the bones and stuff as well, and yeah, they're they're clearly Ugh. she's been she's been ordering she's been organizing the bones. And look how many of them there are. How many people has she killed? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Um, then another little detail I thought was pretty cool as well. I don't know if you noticed this, but Lorna's complexion changed after she lost the spirit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She, I, I did notice that. She was, very, she animation. was extremely pale ahead of the, uh, the, the the bell finally sort of wading, wading it off. And then uh, once it was gone, she, was, uh, she, she had a more sort of rosy-cheeked sort of complexion, which I thought was a neat little design choice. Um, I thought the I thought the animation in general of that scene, like when the spirit leaves and goes up and stuff, I thought yes. that was all great. Yeah, and I think the movements as well, particularly so when the spirit's moving around, looks great. But I also think they did a really good job with the much slower Anti Whispers character. Sorry, Anti Whispers. If we're doing this new game of just mispronouncing everything, Anti <laughs> Whispers. Um, when 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 she's moving around, there's a there's a real. You feel the stiffness. You feel the, the the sort of age. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, and, and that creates an extra level of creepiness, which is what they're going for, obviously, because at that point they want you to think that Anti Whispers is going to be problematic. Um, you think she's going to be the baddie. Um, so, moving on to some of the other bits and bobs. Um, what did you think to to, to um, Beatrice? The little set, just just a little inclusion of her at the beginning. Um, I thought she was quite a. A lost and uncertain figure, and I felt quite sorry for her, if I'm honest. Yeah. Did you like that they had that? In the, even though she's not in this episode, do you think? Because I think you could argue, I don't, but I think somebody could argue that it was a bit sort of out of place here. I think somebody could say, 
she wasn't part of this episode or this story. You don't need that shot. You know, you can slip that in in a later episode if you wanted. Yeah. But I, I, I just that. a nice little nod that she's still out there and around and like just a reminder of her existence. I thought it worked well. Yeah, I thought it worked quite well. I think I've I've grown to be fond enough of the character to be pleased that they're keeping us up to date with her. That's fair. Want, I you, want did, to know more about what she's doing. Or did you, like me, assume she was looking for the scissors? Because that was my assumption when I first watched it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was, and that in a way was quite, if you really think about it, and I don't know if anyone watching it the normal way would necessarily, but that's quite a... Um, that's quite a tragic idea because she's not, she's not chasing down Wurtenberg. She's genuinely looking still for that glimmer of hope and and looking everywhere for for what will ultimately not be there and potentially, in my opinion, not even work if she does find them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Unless there is something tragic about that. Unless Dan, because mm-hmm. the our boys have got the scissors. Yes. Well, we 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 don't directly know that, but they were not. They were there next to them when they were tied up. Then they weren't tied up. The ropes were clearly cut, and the scissors were no longer where they were. So you you can make that assumption. We physically never saw them pick them up, though. That would suggest that with three episodes from the end, potentially, it it would it would suggest that they're going to reconcile and then the boys are going to give them the scissors and that only give Beatrice, Beatrice the scissors. And that only works if the scissors do actually work. So maybe I am wrong. Unless they go for a darker, a darker ending where they give her the scissors and, you know, and it's a touching moment of victory. They then return to wherever they came from and the, the, the heartbreaking element of the conclusion is that they were fictional and that the boys didn't, that, you know, they've left satisfied that they've helped her, but haven't. That would suck. <laughs> well, no, wait, okay. Well, I was going to say, in which, in which way would that suck? Though? Does that suck from a storytelling perspective? Or are you saying that would be just, it would suck because you'd be so sad for that situation? Yeah, it would suck because it'd be so sad. And I still, I think we're in this episode reaffirmed. You know, I was talking last week about that. One of the song lyrics last week yes. leading me to this notion of the guys going, the lads, the fellas going through the the world and, and helping people. Yes. You know, they've helped, they've helped enough people now for me to feel like if they, if, if they didn't help Beatrice, then it's <laughs> I, unfair. I hate that you're still doing that, else. by the way. You know, that's, it's really making it hard for me to keep it straight in my head. <laughs> you're the worst. Well. I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, you do. You do, and you're a bad person. Um, I um, only so... did it once or two. Like, I wasn't doing it that often in the first few episodes, but now it's now it's going to happen more regularly because you're an arsehole. <laughs> um, well, I just, you know, the I didn't do it earlier. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I said her name normally. Can I, can I? Well, maybe. Um, maybe I... that was saying Greg's name normally. I think it would be a shame if they helped everyone else but her. Right. No, that makes sense. I I, know. I think your logic is sound, but I just think like this show just did a character that's clearly eaten other people. Like I, I, and then she was the the good guy. But they did they did a they did a story of the weak character that was eating other people that then got a happy resolution. Yes, I see what you're saying. The we're main the 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 virtue of the fact that we even had Patrice in the beginning of this episode 
points to them deliberately engineering it so that we feel more for her character and are more invested in her character. Right, right, right. I I would be surprised if they went down an overtly dark route for that mm-hmm. character. Gotcha. I was I was simply pro- uh, proposing an alternate an alternative. No, it's a good. It's option. a no, no, no. It's a it's a good discussion. It point, would be man. a. I, I mean, think it would be a powerful thing to do though. Would to be to make you feel for her, make you feel the joy of success, and then snatch that out from you. From a storytelling perspective, from a narrative perspective, you would really that is a that is the definition of like a roller coaster of emotion. That is like you would. You know that that'd be, yeah, some, that'd be you can't deny it. whether it's likely or not from this position. It's part that would be powerful storytelling if they went that. Look, way. I'm not denying it would be powerful, and especially for your stone cold heart, it would seem. <laughs> um, but I'm saying you're from, pro- no, you're I mean you pro- don't <laughs> you're- you don't even care enough to call her by a proper name. So <laughs> whereas I, you're, you're proposing, I'm very that, fond of Patrice. You're, you're pro- pro- proposing a happy res- a resolution. I am simply. Um, uh, sort of putting out a, th- a theoretical alternative th- for you to ponder and quite and and and, and yeah, I I I've pondered it and I personally wouldn't like it. That is fair. That is fair mm. and reasonable, Chris. So let's get to well, very quickly. We don't do this on this on this podcast. It's a it's an old segment from a from an old. Um, is it what was Keenan's plan? No, it's a, a quote of the week, but. Oh. From Fringe Observers, uh, our old podcast, but I, you don't need you don't need to do an intro, Chris. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, I do. So every week when we did it on uh, <laughs> Fringe Observers, I would make up a theme tune for quote of the week. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Go on. Dan's Quote of the Week. Hi, I'm Dan, and welcome to Quote of the Week. Um, the Quote of the Week this week is when Craig goes, Oh no, for some reason I thought the old lady was the people eater, but it was Lorna all along. It just goes to show you stuff. I just, that quote, I literally had to pause it. I just loved that he he knew he'd learned something, but he couldn't figure out quite what he'd learned. So he just sort of said, it just, he just, I learned stuff, question mark. Um, to, yeah. to be, because I found that quote very funny as well. Yes. But to be a knob. Yep. And to quote you and yep. present the other side of things. Yep. Could you make an argument that whilst funny... That quote is deliberately expositional for maybe people that aren't quite keeping up. Oh, potentially, yeah. But if you can make it expositional mm. and hilarious, and tell you something about the character's uh, lack of comprehension of what's happening around him all at the same time, then you deserve it in. to be quote of the week because it's both funny, tells something about the character, and catches up the dummies who aren't following the plot. That's genius writing, <laughs> you could argue. Yeah. And yeah. at one point, You're I I was the at one point, I was like, oh, "We came here to burgle your turts." Is a pretty good quote too, but I, I mean, why are you suddenly keeping an eye out for them? No, I just noticed them this week. I just like, there were yeah. two that stuck out to me that I was just like, I'd not, I'd not really thought about that, but um, no, those yeah. two genuinely stuck out. Um, so let's get to the uh, to as you would call it, the meat. Mm. The woodsman and the beast both returned. They both had. Um, it, they had two interactions that I thought were of uh, that were of, that were obviously that give us some some insight. The big quote though comes in the opening discussion between the two of them uh, when he says um, when the woodsman says to the to the kids, 
The beast knows your presence, ready to claim you as part of his dark forest, but only if you give up. Keep hearty in both body and spirit, and you shall be safe from him. Or fall ill and lose hope, and your life shall pass into his crooked hands. That's pretty, pretty dark. And to me, like I say, pretty, if you lose hope, you're stuck there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he takes you and captures you, I don't know. Well, do you... Turns you into a tree? Well, that's, see, now that is, I tie that then. So this, may I postulate um, a link between the two, Chris, and see how you feel about it. How many times in your day-to-day life do you use the word postulate? At the moment, multiple. So I think I really? said it like twice this episode. No, 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 but in your day-to-day life. Oh, also. almost never, Chris. Okay, good. Good, good, good. No, everyone would think I was, everyone would think I was a, a Everyone would, yeah, because everyone would think I was a dick. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, at the end of the episode, we show that uh, Wurt has, lo- is losing hope. You know, he says, well, yeah, Wurt, you saved the day twice. He's like, yeah, I guess, but so what? We're still not closer to getting home. I don't know what I'm doing out here anymore. I don't know if we'll ever get back. And he's like, sure we will. What can stop us? you got a plan. He's like, I lied. Like, So he's obviously, he's literally losing hope. And the beast says, yes, yes, all hope will soon be lost. We're lucky the boy had the pluck to best you. Your play could have cost us both. Um, and then he says to the woodsman, don't you care about keeping your lantern lit? Don't you care about your daughter's soul? Yeah, the lantern stuff is still... Well, well, it's me. clear that the woodsman is. I mean, I think you could very. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the woodsman is clearly keeping the lantern lit with the wood from the trees. Mm. We've previously no, heard no, no. that the beast turns children into trees. Do you think that maybe he's saying that if you'd have given that kid hope and helped him get home, then you would no longer have wood to keep the lantern lit, and the lantern is essential to saving your daughter somehow? Yeah, I think that's definitely the connotation. Yeah, yeah. yeah do, I still want to know about the logistics. I mean, it's magic. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's a magic lantern. There's a soul in it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Keep it lit or it dies. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've seen weirder things. Well, we watched a woman turn into ash last week. Yeah, we did. That's true. I thought that was... I like the fact that they're sisters. It's a neat reveal and a neat bit of context for the world. But because they didn't do the... That would have been good advice to get a few week, a few days ago. Joke. I thought that felt slightly odd and tacked on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you think that that would have made that that would have worked better if they'd included the? Because I I very deliberately told you about the original script mentioning her sister last week. Because I thought you'd. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Because yeah. I yeah, because obviously her sister is this. And and by the way, I think it's in this episode. One of the episodes. There's a a background picture that shows um, three shapes, one of which is clearly Auntie Whispers, one of which is clearly Adelaide, and then a third, which suggests a third sister. I'll, I'll Spoiler alert, I'll tell you now, we never see the third sister, but I thought, I, thought, I found that right, interesting okay. also. That's interesting that we never see the third sister. Mm. I've never got the impression that there was any kind of second season for this on the cards at all, so it's interesting that that's an active... An active omission, as opposed to you know keeping something back for more. Yeah, I mean, or they were literally just going like, well, like we'll fill out the world a little bit, make it feel a bit more lived in. There's a third one. We don't need to meet her; she's not relevant. But 
that she exists, therefore it kind of makes the world feel more lived in. And I suppose the detail hunters are looking and finding that sort of stuff and going, "Oh, cool, that's neat to know." Like you know, it's it's all about yeah, the, it's, all about, it's all about the details. I don't think it, I don't. I, I mean, how would it affect the story? I suppose unless the third sister, because well, yeah, because we had we had, we had we had sort of we've had bad and sort of I guess good. Um, would you have had a neutral sister? Just one that was kind of like, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do with that it's plot. a funny idea. <laughs> um, I definitely, the, that just affirmed for me the Beast's speech about, you know, the the logic of, the, the lack of hope, the lack of giving in. Well, the Beast, sorry, and what the Woodsman said um, keeps you there. Yeah, so you th- yeah, so you think that they need... So you're, you're so you're saying the reverse would be true to get them home. Oh no, I wasn't saying that, but I think that's an interesting concept. Yeah, because well, you 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 I mean I was just following your logic. So you said that you know keeping them there would would be require them losing hope. So uh, the reverse of that being very hopeful would get them would would presumably I mean, presumably do the opposite. Maybe I mean they were fairly hopeful in the beginning. I still I, that I don't is know very if true. They to do, <laughs> if they need to do something to get, and, them I mean Greg is still very hopeful. I mean even at the end of this episode, he yeah, was like it's great, we're good, we're fine, keep going, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. No, hmm. you're right. I mean, in terms of like the, uh, in terms of the sort of the the sort of the beast. Do you do you feel like we've? Do you uh, feel like you? My doorbell has just gone down. Okay. I'm terribly sorry. Do you mind if I quickly nip and? Yeah, because you're paranoid, out. and if you don't answer it, you'll be wondering what it was all the rest of the podcast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna go do that, and I'm gonna sit here with my, with my, with my dick that looks like a nose in my hand, <laughs> or my nose that looks like a dick in my hand. One or the other. You guys decide. <laughs> I'm gonna. What we'll do is we'll put a cut in here. And when we come back in a second, Chris will be back, presumably to tell us who the fuck who the fuck was at his door. So enjoy that in a few seconds. We're back. So right, my, the shopping was delivered an hour early, which meant Jess wasn't in because you know it was coming an hour later. And uh, so yeah, my apologies to Dan. My apologies to the listeners. And in many ways, my apologies to. Nope. No, I don't know where I'm going with that. No, so. I didn't either. I was waiting. I was just like, what is nope. It? Um, quite, quite question. I assume because for those listening, obviously, like he ran downstairs. I heard some. I heard talking. Then I heard the door shut. And I'm like, he'll be back in a second. And then it was just nothing happening. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And uh, I, well, my assumption now is your shopping came with frozen and/or chilled foods that needed to be refrigerated and/or put in a freezer. I literally dumped it on the side and was like, fuck, I can already feel that defrosting. So I apologize if you'd have just left it, but I'm, I, it was defrosting. Oh, no, I wouldn't, so I wouldn't. I don't, yeah, I, but I, I might, I might have let, the, I might have indicated to the other person it might be a minute or two first. <laughs> well, I was like, I, I was like, I'm going to speed put it away, which wasn't quick enough. It would seem. <laughs> Sorry. Right. It's all good. I'm, I'm out of breath. I can tell. Well, Let's so well, Auntie let's... Whispers has a cock for a nose, yeah? Yeah. He was like he said to me, he was like, Oh, I'm just on the phone to your partner. I was like, That's I mean fine. What did she say? Like <laughs> presumably he might not answer the door. Um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, I mean your paranoia pays off or you'd have lost out on your uh Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's paranoia. You've 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 answered doors before on 
podcast. Yeah, if I, well, I knew what it what what was coming. You were confused. You had. I mean, I would have if I ha- if I hadn't been expecting anyone, I'd have just been like, oh fuck it, who cares? Like it'll be just some, yeah, it'll be enough. just it'll be just someone telling me, you know, asking me if I, you know, if I, you know, truly gave my heart to Jesus or not yet, you know. And I, uh, you know, I, we get a lot of that here. So, uh, but, right. but the the time that I answered the door of the podcast is because I, as I'd warned you before we started, there were people coming to deliver a couch or take a couch away or something. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Look, look, Dan, I, I, I gave a pretty heartfelt apology to you and the listeners, and yeah. then a third mythical being, and now I just I feel guilty all over again, and um, yeah, great, just wallowing in that guilt. It doesn't sound sincere. No, it does not. But it is. No, but I did it. You know it is. You know it is. It, I, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, <laughs> like, why are we still talking right. about it? Because you were like, you were like, yeah, the time that I answered the door, as I pre-warned you, I remember you saying you know, the shopping yeah, might in come. In response to you saying you've answered doors before. Yeah, but I wasn't like, you've answered doors before, Dan. Yeah. That, that's yeah. exactly what you did. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like that. <laughs> I anyway. was simply responding to your point. I was happy to move on. Anyway. Moving on. It was the shopping. It was the shop. <laughs> right. It's okay, kids. Mummy and daddy aren't really fighting. <laughs> no. It's all out of love. Uh, and hate. Um, so, I mean, in terms of Very like... thin line. In terms of... Um, the sort of conversation between the beast and the woodsman. Was there anything else you feel like you gleaned from that, or do you feel like the stuff we've covered is sort of like pretty much what you? Got no, I from think it? the stuff. The, no, the stuff we covered is my main, my main gleaming. I was not expecting the words "my main gleaming" to come out of your mouth at that point. I should not have been <laughs> drinking my drink. I apologise. Um, I've nearly finished my cup of tea. Nice. Well, you've had lots of time, haven't you? <laughs> I did. I got. Yeah, I got an extra bonus where I had to go and drank quite a bit of it. Um, I, I might even. I might even make a small start on the second drink, Chris. I'm a madman today. I'm a man on a mission. So, um, so in terms of that, so just as as last notes or last little things I wanted to discuss mm. with you. Uh, first of all, I wanted to point out the. Um, I thought I found the phrasing on something Lorna says at the end to be quite interesting, which is perhaps I'll see you again someday. I hope so. Hmm. Hmm. Again, implying this trapped, you know, everyone comes here eventually sort of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Because I've made a note to tell you, this isn't related, but it should make you laugh and make up for the delay. Do you want to hear about a very awkward moment with the shopping guy? Sure. I answered the door and went, sorry for the delay in answering. I was recording something and then he looked me up and down in my pyjamas and I can tell he was scared. Yeah, I can tell he was thinking, what has this guy been recording in pyjama bottoms? Um, I just had to get that out of my head. I, yeah, to me that links back to this. Yeah, but does she, does she hope? Yeah, that's a bit like, that's a bit like someone at a hospital saying, Just, uh, you know, see you again. It's like, why would you wish that on someone? You work at a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, but she as much as she was tortured by the demon, she mm. does now seem quite happy. Good old Auntie Whispers. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. She's kind of uh, well, you know what? The pumpkin seemed happy. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a happy old world. Yeah. Mm. Um Yeah. 
quick bits of uh of, of housekeeping. Um, the the two names we got for the frog this week were Greg Junior and Doctor Cucumber. Yes, I noticed them. They were cool. Oh yeah, I, I should have been keeping track of those all along because he's been using different names to describe that dog since episode a dog frog since episode one. That was weird. Just a rhyming word just jumped into my head for some reason. That was very strange. Um, it's the start of my new rap career. Just automatically come out. Couldn't we rhyme so quick, Chris? <laughs> That it's it's taking so, over so quick that I thought you were gonna do another rhyme with quick. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so so quick tempted to, to say nope. that, you, that, that, that to think that would make you a lunatic, but I decided not to go with it. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, those are those. Uh, the name Lorna uh, was apparently coined for the book Lorna Dune: A, Rom- a Romance of Exmoor which is about a young woman with a dead family who is hidden away but falls in love with a young man. Yeah, cool. Nice. Um, There's two conflicting sources for anti-whispers design elements. One of them is said that she may be be inspired by Yubaba from Spirited Away, Um, which, yeah, I think there is a resemblance there. The other one is that um, she's based off a 19th century illustration of an old man with big eyes who looked like an owl. Now, there's a link to that here, apparently. Where is that? All right, let me have a, let me have a look at that. Oh, and that actually... Owl man got a cock for a nose? Uh, that's what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. About to tell you. Um, if oh, if he's got his penis out in this picture, I will laugh. <laughs> oh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so phallic. It's not. I mean, it's not as bad as the 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 uh, you know the actual design on uh, <laughs> anti whispers, but it's in terms of it's not as blatant, uh, fa- blatantly phallic. But it is, it is also f- relatively phallic in the in the grand scheme of things. I will send you that picture so you can look at it. But now that's actually from um, Patrick. Uh, was it McHale? Is that his name? One second, sorry, I've lost the image in my million and one tabs. Uh, yeah, that's from Patrick McHale directly saying Anti Whispers was based off a 19th century illustration of a man with big eyes that look like an owl. I can't seem to find the book with the illustration at the moment, but here is my initial sketch. Oh, so this isn't actually the uh, he was copying the illustration here, but this isn't the actual illustration itself, um, right? Okay, but I've, I'll send that to you and I'll put it on screen for those listening. That's pretty neat, though. Cool, yeah. I've sent it to you so you can have a look at it later and judge how phallic the nose is. Nice. Um, oh, I will, I'll spend my evening doing it, mate. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, see so the Spirited Away thing seems less likely now if that's the basis for the image, for the design. Um, fair enough. So, uh, and there are many stories about... Um, sorry, what's that? That one doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm not even going to read that one. I don't understand that. Wurt and Lorna show signs of attraction to each other during the episode, both blushing often at the sight of each other. That's not really trivia, Wiki, is it? <laughs> Observations. Yeah, here's a thing that happened in the episode you just watched. Insanity. Um... Oh, okay. Uh, no, that one's kind of a spoiler. No, I'm not going to read that one. Um, and they point out that Lorna's skin changes tone. After she's nice. finished from Possessed, and that's uh, that's it, actually, looking at it. That's a shame. I thought there was more trivia than that. That's all right. No, all good. Yeah. 
Well, overall thoughts though. So you said this is one of your favourites so far, did you say? Yeah, one of my favourites. I enjoyed it. A little bit of romance, a uh, good little plot, good little twist, uh, good mythology-based meat and potatoes. Awesome. Yeah, you? Yeah, no, it's one of my favourites too. I think this and the uh, school town, f- uh, school town follies, mm. and maybe the uh, the uh, maybe Mad Love. With the with with um, Endicott, I think that one, I really like that episode too. Like, they're some of my favorites. Yeah, I think. it was bad. Love the one that I felt was a bit impacted by the one before being tantalizing of mythology, and then yeah. it didn't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, I really like. Um, I like that one. I like the school one. I quite like the frog one last week actually. Yeah, um, a lullabies in Frogland's a great episode. Yeah. Cool. So there we go. So um, any any th- so before we before we wrap this one up very quickly, Chris, where are you at with sort of theories on where this is going? I don't know. There seems to be so many different rules that makes me. I'm moving moving away from my purgatory thing. Um, I it feels more. You know, you said about imagination last week. It feels way more imagination filled, but then it also feels so specific. And we're also not only ever with. Wurt and Bert were sometimes with other characters, and you usually find imagination stuff you're mainly with is from one point of view, you know. Mm. Um, I'm big big on the notion that maybe I was wrong and the owl scissors are going to work and they're going to set her family free at the very end. Um, And I think we are, it wouldn't we are ramping up to i think we, it wouldn't surprise me if we start almost going all mythology now yeah that's Mytholo- all yeah yeah um well i i, can, I just do, don't know how much you can wrap it up in one would you like me to give you the titles for the remaining three episodes would that oh, be hell yeah. tantalizing yeah. i say episodes i mean chapters of course um the next episode the very next one is called babes in the wood mm-hmm. the episode following that is called into the unknown and the episode Ooh. following that is simply called The Unknown. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Okay. I am tantalized. That is the... Um, <laughs> no, I am. Tantalization achieved. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I've kept us, but we can't not. I'm so sorry. British actor in two major sitcoms, the lead character in neither. Okay. Holy hell. Mm. Era for each sitcom? Uh, one of the sitcoms was the early 80s through to the 90s, and the other sitcom was the 90s through to the early 2000s. Hmm. You would also very much know him from a, for a cameo in Doctor Who. That is a tantalizing one because that's one of those ones that I feel like I know the answer, but I can't quite think of it. You do. Does that make sense? Mm. I feel like I have more than enough information to put this together, but I haven't just yet. Uh, you want another hint? Yeah, go the on. The ninety, the nineties, early naughty sitcom was written by Richard Curtis and another guy whose name I don't can't remember. See, I can't remember what Richard Curtis was up to in the 90s other than the films. 
the lead protagonist was a female. Am I being really stupid here? No, no, no. It's one that it's, it's uh, deliberately. I thought of them last week. It's deliberately someone that is not. You know. Uh, okay, I'll give you an even bigger hint. The first. Oh wait a second. Was the nineties one? Is the nineties one Vicar of Dibley? Yes. So who in Vicar of Dibley has also been in Doctor Who? Well, do you want the missing? Do you want the missing program? The 80s, 90s TV show was written by... Do you want the writer of that? Uh, is it... Is it Roger Lloyd Peck? Or Peck? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a really tough one. What made you What made you realise? I was just trying to think of who... In, it was purely the Doctor Who thing. That was the only yeah. actor I could think of that was in Vicar Dibley Doctor Who. I can't think of what show he was in in the 80s. Oh, he really? was in... Oh, what am I talking about? He was in, what am I talking about? He was in literally in Only Fools and Horses. What am I doing? Yeah! He was Trigger. What am I doing? You know what it was? <laughs> you, you know what it was that threw me? You said cameo in Doctor Who. He had a role yeah, in Doctor only... Who. Huh? He had a role. <laughs> yeah, but he's only in two episodes. That's a part, though. He was a character. Okay, a fair, cameo fair suggests enough. showing up for a moment. I can't think of anyone apart from Bill Nye who's had a cameo in that sense. Yeah, well, uh, Patrick Moore had a cameo. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. I look forward to your your one next week. Oh, dear. That was tough, man. Because you know what else as well? I, once I realised who it was... From Vicar of Dibley, I was then struggling to remember the actor's actual name. Yeah, hence Roger Lloyd Peck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I went, wait a minute, no, that's wrong. I, as soon as I said it, I was like, I've said that wrong. <laughs> cool. I, uh, I think you're going to think about what in advance next week. Oh, I now. definitely am. Because you, like, I got caught out last week with not having an answer. Oh, that's actually something we discussed any... about Over the Garden Wall. What, what do you think to Tim Curry's uh, performance as Auntie? Oh, Lester? I thought I, th- I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Super creepy. Tim yeah. Curry should be... Very effective. Tim- I was going to say, Tim Curry work. should be in more things, but I'm now really worried Tim Curry is dead. Um, I don't I don't know, unfortunately. I'm going to Google I that. I not. I'm going to Google that. I hope not. No, he's still cra- he's still still cracking them. Good. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, I, 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 I so it was only because I said that I worried about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that was uh, that was this week's episode, of course, of Over the Garden Wall. Thank you so much for listening. As usual, if you want to hear next week's, you can hear it as right now. You can go over to the Patreon, give us as little as one dollar a month um, for just do it for the one month if you want to hear them, and then you can unsubscribe. I don't, you know, whatever you want to do. We appreciate yeah. any don yeah. uh, any level of donation. That's that's cool. Um, but yeah, we do. If you subscribe, you get access to the, the next week's episode. I don't know if we'll do that with the very final one because I feel like I feel like that might be. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, but well, but but I'm not even really sure how to articulate my argument against that. So, but um, yeah, you can also now get this on iTunes and Spotify. I don't know why it's on Spotify. That is a total accident as a result of how I got it on iTunes. The service I used to get it on iTunes just uploaded it to Spotify without me doing anything, and it's just on Spotify now. 
So Fair play. enjoy. But it's under the name. It's I'll just it under on, the name. I put it on my wedding playlist. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's just it's just under the name Daniel because I guess when I was signing up, at some point I put my name in it and it's used that as the author name rather than what's normally under our podcast. So I've got to fix that. Credit. I like. I like to think that uh, I don't think you should fix it just for when some young young buck wants to rise in the music scene and like Adele wants to be known for one name and it's just like I'm just going to be Daniel and <laughs> every time someone it's searches hard. that name <laughs> over the yeah. garden wall yeah. shows up by Daniel just Daniel <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, but yeah we're on Spotify you can, the Patreon page is patreon.com slash nothing but static obviously you're already here on the YouTube channel if you're listening to this well you might not but you might be hearing it through iTunes or whatever but um, if you're on the YouTube channel hit subscribe we finally reached a thousand subs thank you for everyone mm-hmm. who subscribed I was, you. you know, um, you, you're all heroes. Um, we'll actually be remonetized soon, um, which would be nice because um, they took that away from us last year, and it's taken us this mm. long to get up to the subscriber numbers. Even though we smashed the requirements for hours listened to, they wanted four yeah, thousand really, hours really listened to, and we got you, something yeah. like fifteen thousand. Yeah, being like over triple um one of them should really be like because equally if someone had three thousand subscribers i kind of feel like they should be allowed <laughs> so yeah it's, yeah that's tricky yeah. isn't it so yeah so um thanks very much for uh for listening everyone obviously we do appreciate that you can also catch us on twitter i'm at dan Doolan. chris is at c billingham with two m's and of course you can catch the nothing but static twitter at nothing but static without the g you can also send us an email it's mail at nothing but static.co.uk or you can drop a comment below um keep in mind that if you enjoy this you can also go further down into the channel and find the playlist for steven university which is basically this but for the show steven universe or if you go on itunes you can also find fringe observers which is basically this but for the show fringe or you can catch us uh, bi-weekly on nothing but static which is our main podcast it's a couple hours long uh, each episode and we basically dissect the last two weeks worth of news reviews we go through the lot next uh, the, the next episode we're recording and probably what will not definitely be available by the time you hear this we'll be we'll be discussing the new twilight zone that jordan peele's put together plus um some other bits and bobs like the apple uh, announcement sort of uh, stuff for their new tv service so yeah there'll be plenty to talk about uh, probably we'll, we'll and the, the hint as well we'll probably be talking about how it's incredible that supernatural has lasted for 75 years um that'll probably come up because mm. it's just been announced it's coming to an end so yeah there's a few things to discuss oh also modern family coming to an end needs to be discussed at some point presumably for the same logic and at some point at some point possibly uh emily beckett leaving arrow because that's just weird it's weird because the show is about to finish the show's the show's about to finish on a shortened season. Would would you not just have a reduced part? Like um, unless yeah, unless it's because she's dying this year. Did I say that out loud? Or the character? Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's yeah. yeah. No, I'm predicting the actress will die this year. Say, I was gonna say <laughs> Jesus, it's dark. No, I'm I'm predicting that the character is is, is storyline wise right. already planned to be dead this year. Therefore, they did not re- renew uh. her contract. Oh wow! Oh, regardless of you know what they were doing with the eighth season, no, it doesn't matter. She's she'd be she'd yeah. already be dead. Anyway, potential arrow spoilers, I guess. Aside, thanks for listening um, and all that all that jazz. I've been Dan Doolan. I've been Chris Billingham. We'll speak to you next time when we once again venture into the unknown and overanalyze the Garden Wall. <laughs>